Hello and welcome to another episode of Too Young for This Hit, the podcast where I, Tyler Thornton, watch a movie I've never seen before but probably should have with a friend who loves it. And uh, today that friend is Alexis. Hi, how is everyone? How are you? I'm good. How are how are you, listeners, and also Alexis? <laughs> I'm good, and I'm going to assume everyone else is great. <laughs> uh, so yeah, people might know you more as Mute Banshee, possibly? Yeah, I go by both a little bit. I'm definitely Mute Banshee on my Twitch channel where I stream and on my podcasts. I tend to go back and forth. I usually introduce myself up front as Alexis Stringham, so... Did you say podcast with an S or just podcast? <laughs> uh, technically, I have two. Oh, what's your other one? And um, I guess we should say the one I know is uh, stories from... I forgot the name of the It's world. stories from Eorzea, and Eorzea. the new tagline is stories from Eorzea, a podcast that's no longer a story and no longer from Eorzea. <laughs> Yeah, so you had two episodes that were stories, is it from or of? I'm like screwing it up. From. Oh, from Eorzea, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then the rest is a Pokemon Let's Play series right now. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, what's the other podcast? <laughs> the other one is called Banshee and Skullboy and is uh, two dungeon masters talking about Dungeons and Dragons, basically. It's been a few months since we've released an episode, though. So uh, definitely Stories from Eorzea is my project that I do kind of, you know, independently. I don't have to worry about other people, <laughs> things like that. Yeah. And you have an interesting release schedule for that one. <laughs> it was like, what, like an episode a month, and then you release like six in a week? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, I did my Pokemon Dream Team run uh, while I was recovering from surgery, and it was just me in bed for basically a week. So I was just like playing Pokemon and was like... Yep, I'm just no editing or anything. They're just mm -hmm. going up as I record them. And <laughs> that's not that's not a format that will be typical. Yeah. Um, I, the reason it's no longer stories and no longer from Eorzea is the original content was super editing intensive uh, to the point that like it would just sit on my computer forever and not get done because. Uh, editing is not my favorite part of things to do. Yeah, uh, I get that. I edit these episodes, which you wouldn't think would take that much editing, because it's just two people talking. How hard can that be? But it usually takes me, like, an entire day. Yeah. Yeah, I refuse to do it in, like, separate sessions. Yeah, okay, can I share a story that I'm really upset about right now? Sure. Uh, I was editing my next episode for Stories from Eorzea the other day. Um, and I was about three quarters of the way through and I stepped away to go get, oh, I had to go to the grocery store to go get some soda because I survive on <laughs> Diet Coke alone. But so I forgot I had set my computer to update. And so it updated oh, while no. I was gone. The computer restarted and it deleted everything. And like, I know people are like, save, save, save. Mm -hmm. uh, but I definitely didn't. And so I lost all of it. <sighs> 
<laughs> like, do, you, do you use Audacity or? Yeah. Um, it usually does like an auto save, like recovery type deal. Have, have you tried to open it? Uh, yeah, and it didn't bring oh, anything up. That sucks. But so I was looking at like recent files and stuff, and it didn't have anything saved in recent files. Okay. Right? Yeah. Usually when you open up Audacity, because I've had my crash on me so many times that usually when you open it up, it gives you like a recovery option. But, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it did not. But uh, part of me just wants to scratch it and start over. I know better than this, but sometimes I'm lazy and I forget lessons that I know better than because I'm trying to cut corners. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I did not record my game audio and my voice audio separately. And then as I was listening, so I still have the original files that I recorded. Um, but as I was listening to them, I was like, oh boy, this game audio is just way too loud. <laughs> so part of me just wants to scrap the whole thing and start over. <laughs> uh, yeah, editing sucks. Hey, it's Tyler from the future just uh, popping in to confirm that, yeah, it still sucks to edit a podcast. Back to the show. Um, so anyways... Do you want to introduce the movie we're going to watch? You said it really messed you up as a kid. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, the movie I picked, because you were like anything released before 1999. So I picked the movie Volcano. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had asked me when this came out, as I was choosing it, I would have guessed early 90s, like 1991, 92. Uh, it actually didn't come out until 97. So I was... 11 at the time that this movie came out and i went to go see it uh in the theaters and oh my gosh i had volcanoes for uh volcano dreams for (laughs) years after this um and it was funny to go back like i remember this movie initiating it Mm -hmm. but then watching it because i hadn't watched it since that one time which was you know 20 plus years ago now but watching it and watching like fire asps fall out of the sky and stuff and i was like this is just the advent of all of my like i didn't make anything up for these dreams <laughs> they just came straight from this movie <laughs> so re-watching it did you find it funny or was it still terrifying because i found this movie to be really funny <laughs> i expected it to be what i like to think of as terabad which are movies like Tremors that are terrible, but I really enjoy watching because they make me laugh and I think they're hilarious. Mm-hmm. I actually felt I had some issues with it, which we'll talk about, but I actually felt that overall it held up surprisingly well. Like I thought it mostly kept me engaged. The special effects were crap, but that's because it came yeah. out in 1990. So like they tried. i mean i had a decent budget so i don't know i I thought if i was watching it now i think i would have come out of the theater now and thought you know what that wasn't a waste of my money yeah i feel like if you watch it now you would definitely be like wow those special effects like what well yeah i mean presumably the special (laughs) effects would be better now (laughs) Um, have you ever seen the movie dante's peak i have Uh, i know it came out kind of around the same time yeah i have never seen that either i just noticed it it came out like two months before and looking at the reviews of them side by side dante's peak got like a lot better reviews and people are like oh the special effects are so much better than volcano that's interesting i've definitely seen that once too it was a long time ago and it did not 
stick with me the way Volcano did. The only scene in Dante's Peak I remember is uh, the characters have to get across like a lake for some reason and they don't like think about it like the environmentalist or whoever is trying to stop people from jumping into this lake but they don't really pay attention to her because it's like escape but it turns out that it's like a lake full of acid water and so like the people that jump into the lake are like eaten alive by acid. I remember that happening but it didn't give me nightmares the way that this movie did. <laughs> and I don't know if that's just because I saw it a couple of years later. And so um, yeah. I'm not sure. But this movie, for whatever reason, I had nightmares about volcanoes for years. I had dreams where I was like driving, trying to get away from the <laughs> volcano with like the fire globs shooting out of the sky. I had other dreams where I'd be like stuck on a mountain with like lava flowing by me and I'd be like on this little island with lava on each side flowing by me like it does in the show. Uh, lava mm-hmm. physics in this are much more like water physics than Yeah, that lava physics. moves really fast. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, what I have written in my notes so many times is lava doesn't work like that. Lava doesn't work like that. Lava doesn't <laughs> yeah. work like that. My notes are like a disaster. Like, I'm definitely going to need your help getting through this movie because so many things were happening that I usually sort of create like sections of the movie and have like little like sub bullet points. But in this, I'm just like, nope, next line, next line, next line. <laughs> I think your notes are probably a little bit more detailed than mine, but uh, we'll make it through together. And with Tommy Lee Jones, like, I mean, Tommy Lee Jones can carry us through anything. <laughs> But uh, so these are two notes I have back to back. Uh, just one line says, just notice he's using a bag phone. And the second one is manhole covers shoot into the air. <laughs> so <laughs> I did like the scenes of the manhole covers shooting into the air. <laughs> I, I really love the like sound effects in this movie, but we'll talk about that later. Like they're all like cartoonish sounding and it's. <laughs> yeah, really are good. they? I didn't even notice that. Yeah, like they're just like ping, ping, like things like that. Yeah. Like, not like real sounds. Like <laughs> I didn't even notice that. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't really do much of a prediction for this. I looked into it a little bit. I'm like, oh, it's a disaster movie, which is what it is. So I don't know if like Twister was like the first big like disaster movie. I imagine Twister came out before this, but I don't even know. I wouldn't because I was just thinking like Twister is like the big one I remember from when I was a kid. And that one, that kind of messed me up. Twister came out <laughs> the year before. Twister came out in 1996. Okay, so this was probably already, like, planned and stuff. I was thinking, like, Twister, like, kicked off the disaster movies. Boom. But who knows? There definitely was, like, a surge of disaster movies right around this time period. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess my prediction for this movie was just, it's a disaster movie. Um... Yeah. Did it, did it leave you wondering, like, what the natural disaster was going to be? Like, did you guess it was going <laughs> to be a volcano? I I had a slight suspicion there would be volcanoes involved. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Can we describe the poster, like the, um, I forget what you call them, but like, you know, the posters you see when you like go to the theater and you come out and there's the like advertising posters because it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so this one, I'm looking at it right now, and it's like a shot of L.A., and uh, it's basically in two colors. <laughs> yeah. It's in red and black, and at the top it says, it's hotter than hell. 
and there's like lava shooting into the air and then it just says volcano oh mine so. has a different tagline on it oh what's your say okay so mine has it's probably the same image it's you know the shot of los angeles that has the volcano in the middle with lava shooting out and mm-hmm. then uh you know lava streams going throughout the city and then at the top it says tommy lee jones volcano <laughs> the coast is toast wow <laughs> The coast is toast. Yes. Nice. Yeah, I'm looking at the one on Wikipedia. I know, um, I think it's IMDb has like a list of all the different taglines for movies. Yeah. Okay. I see that it's hotter than hell over here on this one. IMDb has the, like the first one that comes up is it's hotter than hell. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes has the coast is toast one. <laughs> I really like the tagline, the coast is toast. I think just I because That's it rhymes, but like, I really like that. <laughs> I'm trying to see if I could find the part of IMDb that has all the alternate taglines. It's in here somewhere. I don't see it. That's okay. Yeah, I don't think I noticed that going through IMDb, but. Oh, I have found it. Oh, awesome. Yeah, what are they? Um, so it only has four. Okay. Uh, there's LA erupts in 1997. It's hotter than hell. There are 1,500 active volcanoes that we know about and one that we don't. <laughs> That's a long one, but I do like how ominous really long. it is. <laughs> and then the other one is the coast is toast. <laughs> I'm going to make a version of this poster for the thumbnail. Uh-huh. That's gonna, it's going to have that long one. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie starts out you know, with like, uh, I didn't note the time cap on it, but it feels like a 15 minute segment of just people talking about the news. Like it's just like different clips of the news. <laughs> and my initial notes have me writing down like each headline. And then I just got bored of that. And I was like, Setting the scene. This is L.A. and the 90s. <laughs> yeah, I was doing the same thing. So um, do you still have some of those like headlines written down? Or, uh, like, yeah, there's about? one about someone going to prison. I have just the judge sent him to an adult prison. Oh, it's he was a like kid that killed someone or something. Uh, like six-year-old kid and he got sent to adult prison. I'm sure these are all things that probably happened. Another one is like a story about smog, I think. Uh, oh, there's the subway story that actually did introduce the subway storyline plot about, um, this is actually reminiscent for me because uh, I live near Boston and every time the subway tries to expand, you have this exact argument, which is, uh, lots of people that are local wanting the subway because it'll help them get to work easier. Other people who are local not wanting the subway because by making it get to work easier, it means more people will move in and gentrification will set in, which is always a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it definitely like, uh, pulled that in. You have someone shouting, nuke the whole city! <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious. Um, so a couple of the ones I have written down is there was like, can plankton cure cancer? And then I was like, can it? Like, <laughs> is that a thing? <laughs> um, and then there was like someone, this one wasn't like a news personality. This was just like an old man speaking over, I think there was like imagery of volcanoes and he's saying, the devil knows the weakness of this city. He knows he can prey on our enemies. He knows he can stoke unrighteous thought in our heads. And he knows he can turn those thoughts into unrighteous deeds. So. That's pretty great. <laughs> 
Oh, I have one last one. <laughs> is is love waiting around the corner? Oh, I didn't get that one. <laughs> so yeah, I definitely tried to like start out like writing all these, and it was just like there were so many. Uh, this segment went on for so long, like way too long. Especially because for the most part, it's just like a bunch of B footage with the new segments going on. It's mm-hmm. like spends like. Uh, I guess it's only five minutes or so. The first segment you get with Tommy Lee Jones is at 3.20. So it's like three minutes of just setting the scene, but it felt much longer than that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what it is, but basically every movie I've watched for this podcast, they've all had like crazy long like intro credits or just like intro scenes. And I just don't know why that was a thing. I'm glad it's not anymore. Yeah, it's probably a scene of the times, right? Like, yeah, yeah. like now you definitely just you're in the movie. I like that better. I think our pacing has picked up significantly since this movie. (laughs) Yeah, which actually one of the reviews I saw for this movie was like, gets you right into the action. I was like, really? I felt like, <laughs> I, I have a note that says, like, it's been 30 minutes and I haven't seen a volcano. I know. I was... <laughs> <laughs> the next thing I guess that comes up is Tommy Lee Jones, our main character, whose name is Mike Rourke. Is that right? That is. Yeah. Um, he's cooking eggs for his daughter. So he's divorced from his wife and like, get the feeling he only sees his daughter like once a month or something. But this is the start to like a, and I kind of expected the film to be about this. And I think it tries a little bit, but it's like, I thought this would be a journey about Mike spending the movie getting closer to his daughter. And at the end of it, they would have like a strong father daughter bond because they had experienced this whole thing together. Mm-hmm. And I think they tried to do that. <laughs> but yeah. this movie is trying to do so many different things. It is. Like, it's got so many stories and so many messages it wants to tell. Like, there's one at the very end that I'll say for then, but it just came out of nowhere. And I was just <laughs> yes. like, really? Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, so let's 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 have a game. Let's as we go through this movie talk about subplots that don't go anywhere. I'm gonna do daddy daughter subplots. <laughs> but yeah, he's making dinner. We get to meet his dog. Uh the dog's great. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know the dog's name? I don't think I wrote it down. Uh it's on IMDB. Uh give me one second here. Um the family dog is named Max, and here's some interesting <laughs> trivia about that. Later on, uh, we'll see a earthquake start. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the beginning of the earthquake, we see Rourke in the car, and he doesn't have the dog with him. But at the end of the earthquake, which is only three minutes long, uh, we see him in his car again, and Max is with him. Whoa. And during that period of time, it was revealed that Rourke had tried to leave Max at the office with his assistant Emmett, but like there was only three minutes, and like this this uh, IMDb part wants me to know that that definitely couldn't have happened. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. That reminds me of something. I I think there's like one part of the movie, like near the end, where Max just shows up. And you find out that he left him at home during this whole thing, even though they evacuated. It's like, oh, with Emmett, I thought 
Isn't Maybe. Emmett the one that, cause like, um, that scene, Emmett gets out of the van and then opens the door and is like, hey, look, we brought you a friend. Oh, okay. Yeah. We brought your friend to you or okay, whatever. So, yeah, I guess he stayed with Emmett. Okay. That makes yeah. me feel better. <laughs> yeah. But definitely the timeline of Max is confusing. <laughs> Do you have a fan theory? <laughs> I don't even... Uh, he's a teleporting dog? <laughs> <laughs> maybe the whole volcano is Max's fault. Oh, yeah. Maybe Max just... Maybe this is the story of Max and his temper tantrum. <laughs> yeah, it's like he just like discovered his powers and he accidentally yeah. caused a volcano. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> So we've gotten a total of like four minutes into this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so they're making breakfast and then an earthquake happens. And then this is the start of the first subplot because it jumps to in a hospital. There's like a victim that's been shot and there's a doctor who will pop in and out of the movie who's like, I don't know, doing doctor things. Yeah. Um, I actually really like this doctor. Um, and we'll talk about why at the end of this movie, but I think she should be the lead of this movie, the lead character, except maybe Tommy Lee Jones as a nurse or something. Um, <laughs> but my favorite part of this scene is they're treating this gunshot victim. Um, and the earthquake happens. And some people, they're, like, hiding underneath the patient's gurney, like, trying not to, like, you know, get hit by him. But they've just left the patient up <laughs> on top of the gurney. I didn't so, even like, notice that. the ceiling comes down, he'll get there. But then my favorite part is um, the earthquake's happening, and it looks like the um, monitoring equipment is going to get unplugged. So for a little bit, it has one woman under the gurney trying to hide under the gurney, but also holding the power plug in <laughs> the pocket. I thought that was great. <laughs> there's like so many things in this movie like that where there's like it's like a serious situation, but then there's like something funny happening sort of yeah. at the time. But I definitely liked how like they just ducked under the patient's gurney. So like <laughs> hey, I'm not sure a gurney is like a desk that you can hide under that has any structural integrity to it but also there's a gunshot victim on top of there you guys <laughs> move into a doorway which leads into the next scene we're back in uh the works kitchen and they're experiencing the earthquake too and he's talking to his daughter asking if she knows what to do during an earthquake well i guess this was actually after the earthquake happened yes yeah, so you actually missed a really important scene oh Whatever. Which is in between this, there's like a transition footage of like, um, the, I want to call it a seismoscope. And that's, I think maybe that is right. But what they measure the like strength of earthquakes with, it just gets mm -hmm. like scattered as the transition here. Like, oh, we want to show you the earth is moving right now. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like a five second transition where you see that and then it goes to them in the kitchen. <laughs> and that, that, same scene definitely comes back. <laughs> you could yeah, see no, more <laughs> seismoscopes. It's like their main transition through this movie is the seismoscope ratings. That and like lava flowing in places. And lava flowing, yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is before the lava, though. <laughs> so, yeah. So he asks his daughter if she knows what to do during earthquakes because he's going to go to like work or whatever. And she's like, I don't need a babysitter. And um, so she says... 
Uh, you get in the door frame, stick your head between your knees, and kiss your ass goodbye. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and he's like, cool, I'm going to call a babysitter. <laughs> yeah, which I thought was like, it It doesn't feel so much that he's calling a baby consider, uh, a babysitter out of concern, but rather out of like frustration that she's mouthing off to him. <laughs> yeah. It's like, she knows what to do. Like, she's probably good. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I actually feel like she's one of the more mature, like she'd be fine on her own unless there was like a natural disaster that we all know is happening. But then she's pretty much on her own anyways. and She's fine. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, she's the like tone. This scene is setting is like, this is a relationship that doesn't work. Like I'm going to be as sarcastic to your old daddy who divorced my mom ass as possible. Oh, also the other thing is like, oh, you promised you were going to take a vacation, Dad. How can you be going into work now? And Tommy Lee Jones is like, I mean, earthquake, it's sort of like, you know, a situation I could not have planned for. And like, there's a lot of like anger about him taking off to go to work. Yeah. And it's I mean, that's kind of his job as. I guess he's like the director of Office of Emergency Management, so emergencies. Yeah, happen. I thought he was the like emergency manager of the town, but that's because I lived in Michigan for so long, and there's so many emergency managers. Mm-hmm. So that's what I like labeled him as. I don't know what his official title is, but I don't know that they ever say it. Yeah, I don't know, and I don't know. There's a loud car outside, so I'm sure it's picking up. Okay, they're going. <laughs> um, Yeah, I'm curious how qualified he is. I mean, I guess, you know, people in that situation, that job probably wouldn't expect a volcano to happen. But just like some of his like decisions are questionable once volcanoes happen. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) What? How dare you? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he definitely has like a desk job, and instead of behind being behind the desk, he's like playing city investigator, which should clearly be somebody else's job. The first time we see him at work, though, it took me a while to pick up that he was doing emergency management stuff. I thought he was working for like a news company or something initially, just because of like the way they set the scene is him walking into like, I don't know, it just. That's definitely what I thought at first. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so there's a scene I really, I really thought was funny. I think before we see him there, okay. there's just like all of the construction workers, and they're like taking bets on like the magnitude <laughs> of the earthquake and like yes, where the yes. epicenter would be. <laughs> yeah, Vegas. All right. <laughs> Is that before the? Uh, oh no, this is kind of at the same time because there's the cop scene with the um, black dude who ends up being. This ends up being a thing for the whole movie, which is happening kind of on this time. Yeah, it's this dude who's kind of like mouthing off to the cops and uh, is very much creating that like. Um, black people don't trust the cops sort of subplot yeah. uh which they try to do things with i'm labeling that as another subplot mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah this this subplot i feel like i didn't take notes on this part because they're just like so quick when it comes up and there's like so many other things happening 
I'm like, uh, I didn't have time. <laughs> I can't write fast enough. Yeah. So what's happened is uh, it's taking place on a place called Stanley Avenue. This is where the construction was taking place. Um, but there's been like someone pulled out of a pothole because they got like burnt to death. Right. Yeah. Uh, not a pothole. A uh, sewer thing. Um, and so like the cops are kind of like cordoning off the area and like telling people like, you know, you can't go down here right now. We're doing an investigation sort of thing. And th this dude's like, what? This is our hood. You can't tell us what to do sort of thing. Nothing off. Um, and I think this is actually the plot point that would get the most attention if the movie was made today. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Instead of like they try to give it justice, but like I don't know, it just yeah. There's like one scene later on where it's like I feel like they just took away from everything that they tried to build up with that. Yeah, yeah. Because um, at first it's like you really have kind of the story of like oh yeah, this hop is going to like arrest me just because I'm mouthing off to him. I didn't do anything wrong, and mm. like cops are always discriminating against black people. And I think there's like a message there, right? Yeah. But like then like later on. They just sort of dismiss it and be like, oh, I mean, we showed that at first, so it's it's fine. Yeah. And so, well, the scene I was thinking of is like this one cop like handcuffs that same guy, I think. The same yeah. Guy. Same guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they handcuff him and then later on they need his help and he like unhandcuffs him. And then he's like, yeah, I'll help you with that thing that you were asking for originally. And then the other cop's yeah. just like you're a good guy. And it's like, no, he's yeah. not. He's still a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Cause at that point in the movie, his street is burning and everyone's trying to deal with the lava flow, not the fires. And he goes up to the cops and is like, yo, my street's on fire. Uh, we need some help. And the cops like, we're busy. Can't you see? And he's like, no, my street's on fire. Come help me. <laughs> and the cop is like, you stop mailing off to me and then cuffs him. Like, but yeah, uh, I really felt out of all the plot lines that didn't go anywhere. I actually felt like I was the most disappointed in this plot line. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been happier if this plot line had been left out, I think, altogether, just because like of the way it was handled. But if they were going to put it in here, that it needed more attention and uh, I don't know. But also it was like the 90s and like racism was solved in the 90s, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so there's one scene in this movie where they actually solve racism and it's at the end. But I feel like now's a good time to mention it. Just put a nice bow on all of this. This thing came out of nowhere. <laughs> so just after like the biggest action scene of the movie, they topple a tower, which I feel like you couldn't do anymore. Like you could do that in 1997. I actually, I actually have that written down. Is this is a? Uh, I actually have a whole thing to talk about about the fact that this is a pre 911 movie yeah. and how. 9-11 would change this movie and how we'd tell it now. But yeah, so all of that happens and, um, like, every person is covered in, like, gray ash I can't and, even like, listen building to you material. talk about this scene without bursting out laughing. Uh. This is so bad. <laughs> and there's this little kid and a cop's holding him and he's like, let's go find your mom. And he's like, what's she look like? And the little kid responds, look at their faces. They all look the same. And this is like a four-year-old. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. This scene cracked me up so much. It, it came so out of nowhere. 
yeah so this is definitely like the like bow on the racism issue but definitely um i think of this period in time especially uh the privileged point of view very much was oh look we solved racism back in like the 60s and the 70s mm-hmm. and so like we get to celebrate that and i think this movie was about celebrating that we fixed racism more than anything else and uh how problematic that was <laughs> yeah like i uh, i if i can find that scene on youtube i'm going to put a link to it in the description cuz i feel like everyone should watch it just because it's so strange. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it really is. And your mom, what's she look like? She looks like... Look at their faces. They all look the same. It's like wisdom out of the mouth of babes, sort mm-hmm. of like, that's kind of a cliche. And like, it's definitely on that (laughs) oh like another fun part of that is like the next scene following that they've all washed all the ash off so then they all just look normal again (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) this movie really i feel like thought it was hitting the racism issue i can't decide if it was actually trying to celebrate that racism had been solved or if they were actually trying to like point a finger like it feels like they came at it without a real point of view they just wanted to like incorporate it because i don't know what this movie is trying to say about racism i think they were trying to point it out and then they were also trying to remind us all to be like better people yeah maybe i don't know (laughs) they were also trying to do like 50 other things yeah so they just had to sprinkle these in throughout and it just like there wasn't enough like substance to it it was just like all right, let's check in the box. Yeah, address absolutely. racism. Got it. Yeah, I guess it was just like a box check. Is I, I agree that it feels like that. Um, so the next scenes we get is at the uh, Institute of Science, right? The Geological Research Center place. Um, maybe the next. Uh, I may have just skipped that, but because um, it, it jumps around so much. It but, does. Yeah. Uh, basically, what I've written down is. So they pull that guy out of like the manhole and he looks normal and then he falls over and you can see half of his face is burnt and he looks like Harvey Dent. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, they're like convinced that it's just like a steam leak and that's it. And then what I remember is they like cut to the hospital. There could be something in between and the doctor's like, this isn't steam. <laughs> I think that was later. I think there is stuff in between, but definitely that is something that happens. <laughs> And also we get the more of the subway plot here, I guess, which is uh, people protesting the subway. Yeah. Uh, I don't even think anything exciting happens here. It's just we want to mention that the subway is a thing in this movie. Yeah, and I think Mike wants to shut down the subway at that point. Uh, is this after he's arrived on scene? I think this is still before he's arrived on scene, isn't it? Am I wrong? I don't know. We'll just go by your notes. <laughs> <laughs> I told you mine are just like all over the place. I was trying. Yeah, so the next scene I have is uh, it's at the like uh, geology center and like there's a news crew that wants to talk about like um, the magnitude of the earthquake and stuff and like 
the assistant character is like, oh, no, our lead scientist isn't here. I'm going to have to go on. I don't want to go on. And like someone's trying to give her like encouragement. And she's like, no, I don't want to go on. But then just in the nick of time, the lead scientist who is named Dr. Amy Barnes. Yeah, Dr. Amy Barnes, played by Anne Hesch, walks in and is like, everyone, the star has arrived. Don't worry about it. I've got this. This is my moment to shine. <laughs> um, so she goes and does the newsreel. And then we cut to Mike Rourke kind of watching the news footage. Um, and oh, also she announces the magnitude of the earthquake. And uh, we see that bet payout. And the construction workers are like, all right, I guess we got to go back to work now that we know what the magnitude of the earthquake was. <laughs> <laughs> and then Rourke is in the office. And this is the first time we've seen him since he left the house. And this is why I thought he worked at the news, because he walks into an office that has a bunch of like old desktop computers on. I really liked the technology in this movie a lot. <laughs> It would actually have been pretty cutting edge at the time, but I really enjoyed it. <laughs> um, but also it has like television screens of just like a hundred different news stations. I say a hundred. It's like suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could definitely see that because it looks like um, I've done like a tour of like CNN before and they just have like different news channels up everywhere. And then another thing it reminded me of is like, mission control at like uh nasa yeah yeah so i guess this is like mission control for emergency management yeah i think so and i think all the news footage is so that like they can keep a finger on like the pulse of the city and know exactly what's going on whenever yeah but so he goes in and i didn't even think about this now but he goes in and his assistant uh, has is sitting at his desk and has his feet up on it. And he's like, yo, why are you at my desk? Do you want my job or whatever? And the assistant's like, of course I want your job. <laughs> but I also just noticed that the assistant is black. And I wonder if that was a... They never hang a hat on that. And I hadn't even really paid attention to it. But I wonder if that was a purposeful choice also. I like, I, I don't think it was, because I feel like they would have tried to tie it in. Yeah. Because also, the police officer that was holding the kid when they solved racism was a black guy. <laughs> he was... That's very fair. <laughs> um, but so... Uh, the assistant's like, everything's fine. You don't need to be here. Go here. I've, I've got it covered. And uh, Mike is like, no, there was an earthquake. There was this sewer thing that happened, and we're going to go check it out. Like, stop not doing your job. <laughs> <laughs> um, have we mentioned who his assistant is? No, we haven't. Okay, it's it's Don Cheadle. Is, is that a person? What else was he in? He's War Machine in like, oh, the Iron Man movies. Yeah. Oh, I did not notice that. He's also Captain Planet in, um, I think it's Funny or Die sketches. Hey, all you planeteers at home. Remember, turn off the faucet between usages and recycle those plastics. Or else, I'll turn you into a fucking tree. Captain Planet, motherfucker. Okay, he's been on a lot of things that I'm looking at now. But yeah, he totally is Iron. I did not realize that he was um, War Machine. That's great. Yeah, I think the first time I ever really saw him was in Iron Man 2. So yeah, as soon as I saw him, I was just like, oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's the one that breaks his back in Age of Ultron. Uh, Age of Ultron, Civil War? Civil, Civil War. War. Yeah. But I think his back's good again now, and 
I think it Avengers? is. Like, spoilers. They, they probably pumped him full of adamantium or something. I don't know. He's fine. <laughs> Wait, well, he's also dead. But, he's, no, he's not dead. He's one of the few that are dead. My bad. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think he's dead. <laughs> yeah, I I just saw, like, the in-game trailer, and I was like, no, he was in that. <laughs> <laughs> that was, not to get sidetracked, but that was a good trailer. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, So this thing's happening, and then we see Mike go on to like the scene where they're pulling up the bodies from the construction area. Um, man, this movie is just all over the place. I'm scrubbing through it as we're talking. And yeah. like, <laughs> like, didn't we just talk about this scene? But it's because they're going back and forth from them all it's over. It's like the constantly place. changing. Like if normally I go like scene by scene and make notes, but if I did that for this, I would have like, 300 pages of notes <laughs> we're only 10 minutes into this movie at this point <laughs> yeah so like i apparently wrote my notes like real shorthand thinking i'll know what this means later um, <laughs> so i have like the next scene i have written down is that mike decides that they're going to go into the hole and yeah, then i just right. have the phrase hot as hell written down and then <laughs> gator is the next line which i know gator is like <laughs> his other assistant like the other yeah. guy with him yeah i don't <laughs> so um they go down into the hole um uh, there's a whole bunch of like just pulling up bodies and b footage and stuff before he goes down into the hole he gets some news away this is the part where you see his face and he looks like harvey dent actually as i'm scrubbing through this um and then there's an argument about whether they should go down or not and how it's someone else's domain and mike's like no i'm going down that hole right now and you're coming with me and so he and gator go down into the hole together and it's hot as hell yeah it's hot as hell they find this i thought this was going to be something and i because they go from like this fairly normal looking like sewer area and then they open a hatch into a place that has all of these like roots growing out of the ceiling. And I saw this a couple of times and thought like, are the roots supposed to be indicative of something? And I don't think they are, but like, I thought it was weird that like they filmed this with all of these roots, like growing out of the ceiling. I, uh, I mean, I think that's just probably like a normal thing that you would see if you were thing. underground right. or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but so at first they're like, oh, we found a steam vent. Water and power had it right. And Gator goes to get closer to it and like take a reading. And then like a massive blast of steam goes off in his face and they're wearing protection gear. So he's like, OK, but then they like try to like uh, get out on time. And I think this is the part where like an explosion is racing behind them and they slam the uh hatch closed just in time to like not get hit by the explosion mm-hmm. um and then they come out and they're like oh no there's a problem we need to shut down the subway and then they're gonna talk about the subway getting shut down and stuff for a while uh and how he doesn't how the subway manager isn't gonna do that yeah so you you skipped one of my favorite parts oh okay um, <laughs> so when they see like the like steam coming out like Right before that, they're like, you see the rats? Oh, yeah. They're cooked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's just a bunch of dead rats. And, yeah. yeah, definitely. They're like, this is way hotter than it should be down here. And at this point, we are almost 20 minutes into the movie. We've had exactly one earthquake. 
And that's the only natural disaster thing we've uh, seen so far. We switch over to, like, they're doing construction on a building, I guess. I don't really remember this part. I'm scrubbing yeah, through it. There's the elephants either. at the tar pits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the elephant statues. I actually have a note on these later on, I, which I is thought, hilarious. I thought they were, like, actual elephants. And I'm like, I do not remember elephants in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the statue of the elephants. And I didn't realize there was a uh, shot of them right here. Um, but like they're at this, they're putting together an apartment building. Oh, and the apartment building, the doctor and her boyfriend are going to move into the new apartment. I did not put this together before. Is that the same building that gets knocked over? Not the same one that gets knocked over, but it's the one that happens. Like it's one of the buildings on that corner that they're trying to block the magma off at. So yeah, there's this scene, they're building new apartments and it's like in a nicer place of town than the doctor's living at right now. And her boyfriend's like, Oh, we're going to move in here. It's going to be awesome. And she's like, I don't know that I want to move in here. And he's like, well, I don't know that I want my wife trading gunshot wounds in the bad part of town. Yeah. And I guess we can just go ahead and go through their whole subplot (laughs) uh, because it's like another like shortish aside. So basically he's an asshole. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's it, right? (laughs) That's the whole thing. (laughs) Later on, um, really the last little bit of this is later on. There's sort of like a refugee camp being uh, an emergency treatment center being put together outside the hospital because uh, because Mike keeps sending everyone to that same hospital. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then to the point that they had to like expand like into, I think, like the mall's parking lot. There, There is a throwaway line where uh, someone else is like, all the other hospitals are full too. But definitely didn't felt like Mike was just like causing this all on his own. Was yeah. like, I'm going to send people. There's only one hospital in this town. <laughs> well, I think like someone recommended that hospital because it's like. I think the doctor did. Yeah, like, a, yeah, I, I think just for like five people. And then he just sends like everyone else there. He does. Yeah. yeah. um but so later on we get a scene she's treating like a wound victim and uh by this point in the movie where later on we found out that like the uh lava is coming for the hospital now (laughs) oh no and uh the boyfriend's like you've got to evacuate and come with me right now like and i need you to make a choice are you gonna keep doing this hospital stuff are you going to be my girlfriend and she looks up at him as she's caring for this gun, uh, for this burn victim. And she's like, I think, uh, what does she say? It's something pretty great. It's like, I thought I was making my choice pretty clear or something. Oh, like, so I think she like ignores him and just like, like ask for defibrillators to, you know, like defib- defibrillate someone. And right. he's like, are you going to answer me? And then she said something like, yeah, she's like, I thought I was answering you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we get that scene and then we cut back to Rourke's home and the babysitter who seems pretty cool, I guess. <laughs> uh I don't know that there's much to say about her. Yeah. What happens to her? Um Mike comes and picks up his daughter and then we never hear from her again. I hope she survived the the whole lava thing. I mean, she probably did. I kind of got the feeling that if Mike had left his daughter at home, she would have been fine. (laughs) 
I never got the feeling that his house was in danger. Yeah, that's a good point. Because <laughs> <laughs> she almost dies several times. Yeah. Yeah, sorry! <laughs> My leg is burning! Um... What else interesting is happening here? Uh, Mike's getting phone calls from his boss who's like, you have an office job. Why are you on the field and not in the office? Which is a continuing thing throughout this movie. But then he gets a call from his daughter and she wants to get a nose piercing. And he's like, not in my lifetime, honey. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and that's where the babysitter scene kind of cool. That's what is happening in that scene. She was like, I think I'm going to get a nose piercing. The babysitter's like... Yeah, that's kind of a cool look if you can pull it off. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we get the geologist and Hesh arriving on scene as Micah's there. We're still at the sewer scene at this point. And she's like, no, this is like, uh, um, there's probably a volcano under the ground. And Mike's like, what? You're crazy. You're like on drugs. Why would there be a volcano here? I thought that was really funny because he's basically doing the same thing that people were doing to him earlier when he was wanting to further investigate. And they're like, no, it's steam. It's just steam. And he's like, but what if it isn't? And then someone's telling him that's a scientist that it might be a volcano. And he's just like, no, that's stupid. Yeah, and I thought one of my favorite parts about this movie was it felt like no one had heard of a volcano before. Yes. Like, like we get multiple scenes where the geologist is like, lava is going to be flowing from that direction. And Rourke looks at her and is like, what is lava? (laughs) Yeah, so she says magma. And he goes, what's magma? And I wrote... (laughs) Is he serious? He doesn't know what magma is. There's there's more than one scene of like that basic question. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like they're really trying to handhold us as an audience through the concept of what a volcano is, just in case we don't know. Uh-huh. Like <laughs> uh, and that's so weird. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Like who doesn't know what a volcano is? Um, but at this point, the geologist is like, I just, uh, measured the, uh, water over at our, like, uh, park lake thing, and it's up by a few degrees. And, like, it takes a major geological event to make that much water raise. And Mike's like, yeah, all right, all right, all right, whatever. Like, you don't, you don't know me. I don't need to <laughs> listen to you. I just thought of another subplot that we kind of skipped over, like, it's starting. There's a guy named Stan who's, like, I guess the head of the city's, like, construction. And uh, he's trying to quit smoking, and that's that subplot. I don't even remember this you subplot. Don't remember I Stan? took no notes on this. Okay. So Stan is, in a, several scenes earlier on, you might know him as the guy who um, becomes half of a person melting into lava. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I hadn't put that together. <laughs> so he's like several times throughout the movie, like you see him, like people are like, oh yeah, he's just angry because of his nicotine patches or something. And that comes up several times. And then like, um, yeah, when he's going to like rescue someone later on, he pulls out a cigarette and starts smoking. He's like, I guess I picked uh, the wrong day to quit to give up cigarettes. <laughs> I totally missed this entire subplot. (laughs) 
The other subplot they're developing in this scene is the geologist with her assistant. And her assistant is one of my favorite characters in this movie. I really liked her a lot. Her her name's Rachel. And um, yeah, so at one point in the movie, like I was just like, what's this woman's name? I need to write this down so we can talk about her later. And I noticed that she doesn't have a last name. I'm like, yeah, she's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong yep. <laughs> which made me really sad like her death was maybe the death that i was the saddest about in this entire movie because i really liked her i thought she was a fun character and i feel like she gets like they, there's no, no like resolution like uh dr barnes was the only one with her when she died and like she yeah. never mentions her again yeah really uh it's like oh well I'm over that trauma. Time to deal with other things. I feel like we need to start a Twitter campaign. Like, um, <laughs> I remember Rachel. Yeah, I was thinking like justice for Rachel, like justice for Barb from Stranger Things. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. But I like remember <laughs> Rachel better. <laughs> so, yes, if you're listening to this right now, just like go on to Twitter and I don't know, just write something and use hashtag remember Rachel. Hey, so it's Tyler from the future again, uh, just popping in here to tell you, don't do the thing I just said. Do not tweet, um, hashtag remember Rachel, because that hashtag's already taken, and the things that are to follow that we tell you to tweet about them, um, might be offensive. So, hashtag remember Rachel is apparently for someone named Rachel Corey, who died in 2003. And it's, like, controversial. I don't fully understand it and don't have time to look into it right now. But she was killed by a bulldozer while protesting at the Gaza Strip, I believe. So instead, I want you to use the hashtag Volcanoes for Rachel. Because I think Rachel in this movie would have liked it. So, yeah. Back to the show. Well, I don't know what you should write. What, what should they write, Alexis? Um... Uh, Rachel's death was tragic and could have been prevented by not being stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Learn about volcanoes today. <laughs> These are geologists. What are they doing? <laughs> I want to talk about this. This is a little bit later, but we'll talk about it now. Because a few minutes later on, um... Now it's Rachel and uh, Amy Barnes's turn to go down into the subway, into the sewer hole. Like, as if we haven't had enough injury from the subway. <laughs> They're like, oh, well, now it's our turn to go down there. And uh, at this point, like, it actually um, explodes and Rachel dies in the subway hole and, uh, like, just because she's a little bit too close to that hole. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> she's like over the hole and she like falls in, I think, because there's like an earthquake and it kind of like. Oh, yeah, the, the earthquake happens, but she like falls. Yeah, she falls down into like the like a chasm opens. <laughs> yeah, and like she's like hanging on and Amy's trying to pull her up and then lava just like shoots up and. Yeah. Yeah, she she gone. <laughs> um and like they're like geologists a i mean just what are they doing <laughs> i have no clue <laughs> i just finished telling you how dangerous this volcano was i you know what i'm gonna go take a better look 
Yeah, and like even before they get to like the opening, they're like taking samples and they're like, I'm pretty sure this is phosphorus. I can't smell it because we're in these suits, but I'm pretty sure yeah. this is phosphorus. And it's like, okay, how how can you tell that? I guess they're just really smart. Um uh the next scene is with the subway, but before that, there's a transition to scene. And this uh is the next scene with the elephants that I loved so much. I got so excited about this scene. I actually made a uh, tweet about it while I was watching because <laughs> the elephants are like statues in the um, tar pits, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a tourist attraction to go like explore the tar pits or whatever. And like you see the statues of the elephants. And then in this scene, the elephant statue sinks into the lake as like i don't know the ground gets softer underneath it or something (laughs) and you just see the elephant sink into the lake and it's great (laughs) (laughs) this is this is the moment where i decided that i was going to start live tweeting this and then i thought you know what that's going to be too annoying i'll go live tweet it at my messenger group friends (laughs) and so I'm in a messenger group with like five or six of my favorite friends. I just started live streaming this movie for a little bit. And they got so mad at me. <laughs> Were they just confused? Yeah, because I didn't like give any like uh, subtext to what I was doing. I was uh, just like, oh no, elephant drowns in water. Elephant statue drowns in water. <laughs> oh, I'm going to go back up and find some. But uh, what's the next thing that happened? Um, so th- there's actually, I have a couple of things that uh, we missed that I just like got to in my notes. Um, so there's one, we missed uh, Amy Barnes' catchphrase. Do you oh, okay. That? Um, yeah, so she says this like really several... dangerous? No. She says this several times throughout the movie. She's like, I do know something, just without any certainty. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's science, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's, I actually thought that was a, I nodded my head at that and was like, yeah, that's how science works. But definitely when you're talking to like an emergency manager that wants answers, maybe that's not the best way to phrase it because he's going to latch onto that, like, without certainty thing. Yeah. Just like definitely in like scientific reports, you always speak in like probabilities. Like, yeah, this yeah. is probably what happened. And definitely, he's like, certainty almost means a different thing in science talk than it does in regular talk. It's like law of gravity, right? Like, the law of gravity, even though we call it a law, is still only, like, a theory. It's a theory that we've uh, reinforced through several thousand different experimental techniques and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, like, you never label even laws in science as certain because you never know like maybe things do get pulled down toward the ground, but maybe our understanding of it is incorrect or incomplete or yeah. whatever. And like, so that's what certainty as science is, is you're never certain in science because you always want to have that understanding that like things could change. Our understanding might evolve, whatever. Um, and yeah. in real life, it's just like, oh, I'm not 100% sure that that's what will happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, so another thing, before Rachel dies, um, when they first get into the tunnel, her and uh, Dr. Barnes are talking, and she's like, he likes you, referring to... Um, oh, yeah. 
Mike Rourke, and um, she's like, you like him? And then I'm like, are they really supposed to be love interests? Like, she's like 30, and he appears to be maybe 80, but... <laughs> <laughs> maybe 80? <laughs> That's Tommy Lee Jones you're taking uh, about. Take a step back. Okay, he he's like 50, but you know how Tommy Lee Jones looks. a very weathered action hero at <laughs> 40. <laughs> But yeah, like they just, I'm just like, they're really going to push this? Like, I just, I don't see it. Their chemistry is uh, zero in this whole movie. Yeah, and there's like kind of like forced chemistry at parts. And then at the end, I can't tell if they're supposed to be into each other or not. It was, it was very confusing. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. <laughs> but so this is the point I start live tweeting this to my friends. Um... And should get, like, I'm just going to go through uh, where I got and we can stop as, like, you want to talk about things, right? Okay. But So this is a really good, like, oh, hey, this is probably the best my note-taking was for a little bit. <laughs> Elephant statue sinks into pool at local LA museum. Meanwhile, local grad student burns to death beneath the city. Another girl clings to teddy bears, flaming balls of gas shoot out of tar pits, threatening to destroy the car she's trapped in. It's weird that Kelly has a teddy bear, but she does. Um, yeah, actually, she's like 13 years old. Yeah. Why does she have a teddy bear? I have no clue. Like, maybe it's because her parents are divorced. I don't know. Maybe. Um, yeah, maybe Mike tried to give her a gift, completely misunderstanding her age. That seems like something Mike would do. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't know if this has happened yet because this movie is confusing. But um, so they show like this one scene where a train driver is getting onto. Oh, yeah, yeah. The subway Definitely yeah. skip. Yeah. And he's reading a book called Writing Screenplays That Sell. And I'm just like, this okay. guy's trying to make it. Like, <laughs> let's see where this goes. And um, yeah, he, he has his old subplot. Like, there are so many arcs in this movie. There's so many layers. Yeah, this one was... I mean, it was there, I guess. I think that's about all I have to say about it. Yeah, they just... This train plot was happening. One it of... was really hot. <laughs> it was basically to be like oh mike was right all along it was hot <laughs> yeah so one of my favorite screenshots that i sent you comes from this yeah. scene and okay. yeah so uh we're just gonna skip ahead a lot this is also part of stan the guy who's trying to quit smoking his subplot so okay. stan and his team go down to like see what's happening with this train that stopped because there was the earthquake made a bunch of yeah. rocks fall and the train hit it and uh train driver dude he doesn't have a name i don't think he's like been trying to open windows for like the past 30 minutes in the movie where we've been <laughs> checking back in with him and he finally gets one open and at that time he could feel more heat coming from outside and he sees lava and so then like stan gets to them and at that point like everyone's passed out in the train and lava is flowing underneath the train and um 
they're trying to get everyone out and they're like, oh no, there's lava, we need to run. And then Stan's like, have you seen the train driver? And no one's seen him. So Stan goes to get the train driver and he smokes a cigarette on the way because he's been trying to quit smoking, but he realizes <laughs> he's going to die. And so he carries him all the way to the back of the train and there's lava and he just like stares at it for like several minutes until the lava's gone like way further than he could right? possibly jump. <laughs> I definitely remember like, just jump. You've got room. You still have room. You still have. No, you don't nope, have nope, room it's anymore. Too late. <laughs> <laughs> So then he decides he's going to jump anyways, and in midair, he's going to throw the train driver. So yeah. I took this screenshot where it just looks like he's walking in the air on fire with someone on his back. And yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's a great screenshot. <laughs> uh, what I didn't get a screenshot of, which I'm disappointed, is so he lands in the lava, and he like starts melting, but he melts in like two different scenes. Like One, you just see him in pain screaming. <laughs> And then they, like, turn to the other guys, like, watching. <laughs> and I have yeah. a screenshot of that, too. And they're just like, oh, like, looking away, like, most disgusted <laughs> thing they've ever seen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're just getting the context of that picture. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so then they go back to Stan, and he's just a torso now, but still alive. Yeah. And screaming. <laughs> with, like, his hands in the air. And then he just, like, goes limp. And then... They cut back to the guys, like, not looking, and he's gone. This scene reminded me of Terminator 1 melting into the fire that looked like lava in Terminator 1. I haven't seen Terminator 1. What? Oh, no, you have to do an episode about Terminator. <laughs> yeah, I've been waiting for people to pick movies like Terminator, and instead I've been getting, like, Volcano. I had never heard of this movie. <laughs> Man, it didn't take me... 30 seconds to think of this movie <laughs> when you pitched me coming on to your show. I was like, it's this movie. But uh, in a few months, you should bring me back on so we can do Terminator. Because Terminator 1 is, um, I like to think of it as the prequel to the much better Terminator 2 movie. <laughs> but uh, it's pretty great. And it has a scene where Terminator's like in like a factory. It's been a long time since I've seen this. Uh but it's like a factory that's on fire and maybe uh was like a mine. So maybe there was like molten metal on the ground that he's melting into or something. But it definitely reminded me of this scene, like melting into the lava. Mm -hmm. It's a classic volcano scene. You cannot have a volcano movie without someone slowly melting into lava, screaming all the time. <laughs> yeah. like <laughs> It was just... Like, they did it with, like, a cutaway, though, because he was just a torso. Yeah. And then he was nothing. Like, there was no yeah. in-between. He just went limp. <laughs> but, yeah, so where are we? Like, we skipped ahead to the volcanoes happened in this timeline, but now we're going back. Okay, yeah, so we're almost there. Um, I think we're almost there. The next note I have is uh, Mike goes home. Oh, there's another earthquake. I guess. Uh, Mike goes home to pick up his daughter. There's another earthquake and it's much worse. This is while the scientist is blowing up. 
Uh, so Mike picks up his daughter and they're going to go to work. But on the way to work, they go past the tar pit. There's a crashing sound and a ball of fire flies out of the sky and slams into like the car in front of them. So he's with uh, his daughter at this point, who now has her teddy bear. <laughs> oh, no, this is where the sewer grates start flying into the sky. Yeah, and uh, this is where I noticed that he has a bag phone. A bag phone? What is a bag phone? So it's like a, a car phone, and it's just like you plug it into the like cigarette lighter. Okay. Yeah, then it's just a phone that's in a bag. <laughs> it's oh, like what there okay. were before cell phones. It's huge. I thought it was a giant cell phone. I did not realize that it was a car phone. <laughs> yeah, like my parents used to have one. And it would, like, sit in the passenger side, like, floor. Okay. For some reason, if the antenna touched your leg, it would electrocute you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm very familiar with car bag phones. <laughs> How many times did you get electrocuted by the phone? So many times. Like, it would just be, like, really quick. It would feel more like being burned than being electrocuted. I don't know if you've <laughs> ever been electrocuted, but... <laughs> I would have, like, burns on my leg. <laughs> That's hilarious. I don't know if there was something wrong with ours, or they all do that, so... <laughs> but, so, at this point, we see the nightmare-inducing balls of magma shooting up from the tar pits and then falling out of the sky. Uh, uh, oh, hey, here's the mask that you sent a screenshot of that I totally missed. <laughs> it's like, it's not a store. It's like a sign, I think, that's going up in flames here. Hmm, I wonder if it's part of that museum. Yeah, maybe. So sewer grates are shooting up out of things. Meteors are falling from the sky. The geologist is crawling out of the hole where she just lost her best friend. This is all happening at the same time. The train underneath the ground uh, gets stalled out in the earthquake and it's starting to get too get hot in the train. At the office, um, the office assistant, what was his name? A uh, Warhammer guy. Oh, uh, or Emmett. hammer, or <laughs> war machine guy. Yeah, um, uh, Emmett, right? Yeah. Um, he's at the office and being like, "Hey, I'm on the phone with our boss, and like, he's mad at you because you're not at the office." They're just continuing that, and then Mike gets out of the car and says, "Like, stay here to his daughter." Uh, the doctor is on this scene now. She's also in a car around here, and so she's jumping out to help with emergency stuff. There's police helicopters. Um, oh, because looting is happening in the city now after that last earthquake. Um, and so, like, we see police trying to head that off. That's also happening on location here. So, like, there's a thousand things happening. And so with the looting, uh, so Amy's, like, came out of the hole and she sits down her, like, oxygen tank for a second. As she's doing something else, like, the minute she sits it down, someone loots it. I don't know if you saw that, but oh, I, I like, died that. laughing. <laughs> That's hilarious. I did not notice that. Yeah, and this is this movie's crazy. Like, serious things happen. Like, Rachel literally just died. It may have seemed like an hour ago, because we probably told you about it an hour ago. But, like, in the movie, it's been, like, two minutes. And then they're just like, look at this funny little comedy bit. <laughs> um... People are catching on fire because magma balls are falling on them. So the doctor gets out to, like, put them off and start trading burns. 
uh, more magma falls out of the sky, and now the tar pits erupt and lava actually starts. We finally see we're 40 minutes into this freaking movie. <laughs> Like, we're almost halfway through, and we finally see magma hit the streets. And so the doctor, she's, like, doing CPR on a firefighter because, uh, like, lava ball hit the fire truck and just, like, flung it, and all of the firefighters in it just, like, flew out because no one was wearing seatbelt, yeah. apparently. <laughs> and and there's also the driver stuck in the car, and that's, like, the big drama scene. Yeah, so, like, uh, one of the drivers is still stuck in the car as the lava's coming on, at the same time, uh, Mike left his daughter in the car, but now his car is getting surrounded by lava. And so first Mike is like, oh, no, I'm going to go save the fireman. And then he's on top of the fire truck and he sees like his car getting surrounded by lava. And he's like, oh, no, Kelly. And so he has to go back and save his own daughter while he leaves the fireman to burn. Well, like, Kelly is over there. She's like, Dad, hurry up. My leg is burning. Because her leg is literally on fire. And instead yeah. of doing anything about it herself, you're, like, patting it with the bear or something. She's just like, Dad, do something. Dad, hurry! <laughs> My leg is burning! Uh, so he rescues his daughter. Does that firefighter die or does someone get to him? I think he dies. Or is that the fire? No, they go after him again. Because this is what they have to be up on that stupid fire uh the thing you took a screenshot of the the ladder i think that's because, a different fire truck because is that, that a one different was, fire truck yeah because okay. that one's flipped over oh i thought it was the same one no because at, at one point they have a lot of fire trucks there's like 20 fire trucks okay <laughs> there's way too much going on in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard to follow Okay, yeah, no, you're right. So they get the driver out of the one truck that's not flipped over. And then they notice that in a flipped over one that's being surrounded by lava. Um, <laughs> uh, so also, while all of this is going on, there's a reporter in a car just like saying everything that's happening. And I just have this one line where he says, two firemen have just burned alive. And he's just like on the phone, like telling his boss that so they can like report it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so that's just another layer of things that they needed to add for some reason. Yeah, he gets the line. And to put it bluntly, all hell is breaking loose. It's a war <laughs> zone. <laughs> then we get a cutaway to the black guy street, which is burning. And we see a cute little scene with a different dog who is not Max. But uh, Lava, <laughs> so like we see outside the house first, it's burning. I'm like... An old woman's like, my dog's still in there. And the dog's inside this burning house and like lava's coming at him and he's just barking at the lava for a little bit. And at the end, like just before the lava hits him, he picks up his bone and runs outside the house and like goes to the old woman. And the old woman's like, ah, oh, he is a good dog. He survived. Yay. <laughs> yeah. And so this is the point while watching it where I would, I like text you and I'm like, Watching Volcano at the moment. Here's a note I just took. Oh no, a doggy named Bill is trapped in a burning building. Fight the lava, doggo. <laughs> yeah. 
He gets his ball and jumps out of the doggy door and it explodes behind him. What the fuck even is this movie? (laughs) (laughs) And this is the moment. The reason this scene is here is to show that the black guy we met before who was mouthing off to the police, this is his street and it's burning. And he's like, oh, well, all of the emergency crew, the firefighters and stuff are just up the street on the corner. I'm going to go get their help and stuff. And so this is his, the moment to continue that storyline. Meanwhile, the doctor has put like four injured firefighters in the car and Mike comes over to her and is like, Hey, my daughter has a burn. Please take her away. And I got so exasperated at this scene because like this whole movie is just, Mike leaving his daughter behind to go kill with the shit. Well, he says something even better than that. He says, hey, this girl's leg is burned. Not even my daughter. Just this girl. I missed that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, that's weird. I wonder if they like did some reshoots later where they decided that this girl was now his daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so... This is where the doctor is like, all right, I'm going to take these guys to this hospital. It's the closest one um, and stuff. Uh, and so they take off. And then we're here on this corner for probably a good 30 minutes here. I think uh, we're here on this corner for a long time. I would say the bulk of the action is on this corner and then a little bit later down on one other corner. Um, but saliva is flowing up onto the streets now. They're trying to fight it. It's not working at all. Now it's incorporated one of the fire truck and there's a guy trapped inside. And so he and the geologist go to rescue the guy as it gets surrounded by lava. Oh, they're also pushing the bus and place of the <laughs> lava during this. Yeah, so they're trying to, like, block the lava with a bus so the police shoot out the tires on one side so they can just, like, flip yeah. it over. And it sort of works until the bus melts. Also, uh, a taco truck exploded. Oh, it's the bus that has a guy in it. Is it the bus? Stripping through. It looks like it. I don't even know what's going on anymore. I think it's the bus. They tip the bus over. And then, oh, maybe it's just a guy that was on the street corner or something. I don't even remember. (laughs) All I know is like a guy got abandoned on the other side of the bus and there's lava all around him and he clearly needs to be rescued. And they're like, Oh no, there's lava between us and him. What are we going to do? And Mike's like, get that ladder over there. And he and the geologist for some reason, both jump up on the ladder to go rescue this guy. But it's like a rickety ladder that isn't designed to do this thing. And also it's like getting way too hot and like flexing. Yeah, it's like melting. Its joints are melting and stuff. And then like for some reason, the only way to get them off the ladder is to like turn the ladder in the slowest, most dangerous arc (laughs) it could possibly take. Yeah, so they're just, like, dangling over the lava, and uh, do they get, like, thrown off of it? I I know they fall, like, it looked like at least, like, ten feet, and they just get up, and they're fine. And Tommy Lee Jones looks like he's, like, 80, (laughs) so it definitely would have killed him. (laughs) He does not look like he's 80. I told you, he looks an action star 40. (laughs) He's a well-weathered 70-year-old man. You're ruining my childhood. (laughs) I actually looked up him today to see how old he is, and he's actually like 72 now. 
Is he really? Yeah. <laughs> the scene I like before we move on mm-hmm. is that the guy that was on the other side is caught on fire now and they have him up <laughs> on like the ladder. Mm-hmm. And like they're trying to tell this guy who's literally burning alive. They're like, hold still. <laughs> hold still. Does that guy live? I don't even remember. <laughs> um, so this like right after that happens, I think like sometime in this scene, um, Amy Barnes is like looking at the lava pit and she's like, Rachel would have loved this. And I'm just like, <laughs> I think Rachel saw enough. Like, yeah, Rachel saw this. <laughs> yeah. She's experienced things you can only imagine. Was that imagine. her only mention of Rachel after she died? Yep. Cool. <laughs> cool, cool. Also in this scene, there's like, uh, there's two guys and they're like taking paintings out of the museum to like save them. They're not yes! moving. And <laughs> this is hilarious. Yeah. So like one guy's like, God, this, I don't even know. I wrote down the name of the artist, but I don't know how to say it. <laughs> so I'm just going to say his last name. God, this Bosch is heavy. And the other guy's like, that's because he deals with man's inclination towards sin and defiance of God's will. And then the other guy's like, I didn't mean it like that. And he's like, oh. Because <laughs> it's like this giant framed picture. So, like, yeah, I really liked that scene. <laughs> it's like, in all of this chaos that happens, like, this strange movie. <laughs> yeah, we get a brief flashback to the subway and how it's getting hotter. We get another brief flash over to the black guy and... Now he's all my streets on fire. You got to go fix it. And the firefighters like, we don't have enough people to do it. We'll get there when we can. And now the cops mad that he's talking to the firefighter likes that. And he's like, give me your hands. I'm going to arrest you. And now we got the rescue crew to the subway. This is where Stan the smoker is going to get killed. Uh, and then we get to see the hospital and how it's basically just a refugee camp now. The doctor's taking care of some kids and then is like, hey, Kelly, uh, why don't you watch these kids for me and take them inside across the street to like that diner over there and just like keep them occupied? Why don't you go babysit for me? Which I thought was hilarious because this is the girl who needed a babysitter half an hour ago. Yeah, I need a babysitter. Um, so also in that scene, they show like um, there's a reporter at like a vet hospital like set up. Oh, the vet scene was great. And so like you hear all these animal sounds and including cats. But all you see are snakes, birds, pigs and dogs. So there's no look, there's a cat. I've got a cat that I get to plug in here because there's no cats on this movie. The cats were just stray cats like. <laughs> but they were showing like really sad like injured animals like there was a, a snake with like a bandage wrapped around him he's like oh poor snake he got, <laughs> he got burned yeah <laughs> and there's a cute report about how in the midst of the crisis these veterinarians are heroes rising to the occasion <laughs> <laughs> so they decide to this is where they get the plan to like use concrete barriers to like yeah yeah make a cul-de-sac and I think this is a weird plan because those concrete barriers aren't like airtight. So like couldn't lava just get like in between the gaps because they're like well, stacking them up on top so of each other. That depends on the viscousness of the lava and what lava like flows are actually like, uh, like in real life, right? Mm-hmm. If it's water physics, like most of the lava is in this movie. Then yeah, it's gonna get between there. If it's actual lava fluid, it'll eventually get between there. 
but it'll take a long time. Um, one thing that this movie does not do a good job portraying is that lava flows are actually pretty slow. Um, the types of emergencies that lava flows create are not the types of emergencies we see in this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's like in Hawaii last year. Um, yeah. Where people's houses were burning, but it was like over the, like they would see it coming for like a week, you know, they'd be yeah. like, yeah, you should probably so get like, out of here. Lava flows are incredibly difficult to divert because they're so hot that they'll melt through anything, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know why you can't just build like a trench to direct the lava, but that doesn't work for I don't remember why. But like, so like in Hawaii, it was a big deal because they're like, well, like in a week, your house is going to burn and we don't know what to do about it. So you should leave. But like, it wasn't like, oh my gosh, 30 seconds ago, I was fine. And now magma has surrounded my house. Yeah. It's kind of funny in the movie because it's moving faster than it should, but they'll be like talking and there's like lava coming at them in the background and they're not panicking or anything. Yeah. They're just like, oh, it's pretty close now. We should walk a couple of feet that way. Yeah. They're really <laughs> trying to have it both ways here. Yeah. And they definitely get like way too close to the lava. Like it would be burning them, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, But yeah, so they get the plan to like, um, block the lava off with the like concrete construction barriers and they make a cul-de-sac out of this. This is where the, um, black guy police scene resolves because, um, one of the policemen's like, dude, stop harassing this guy. Let him go. And so he finally lets him go. And the black guy's like, wait, so we really have to deal with this before you'll send firefighters to my street? And the cops are like, yeah, we've been telling you that for like the last five minutes. And the black guy's like, okay, cool. Let me help you with this concrete barrier. And then we never hear from him again. He, he rides off on a fire truck to like his area. And they're going to like, Oh, yeah, later do we things. do see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but so they get these K-Rails uh, in a cul-de-sac. And they kind of succeed here because the lava flows into the K-Rail cul-de-sac. And then they dump like, uh, like helicopters come over and dump just like, uh, gallons and gallons and gallons of water on top of the lava to like, uh, make it turn solid. Um, and they're like, yay, we beat the volcano. Everything's great. Yeah. We're so gonna during go win. This scene, uh, like firefighters are also like backed up to it, like shooting it. Yeah. And- there's like reporters right next to the concrete barriers just like reporting like, will it work? And it's like, if it doesn't, you're going to die. Like, why are you right there? <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so Amy's like going off before this happens because she's thinks that lava's flowing under the city in the subways. Yeah. yeah. And she's right. But Mike's yeah. like, well, we got to deal with this first. So, yeah, so she's off doing her own thing. Um, so we've seen the refugee camp a couple of times. And the reason that that's so important is they get probably about two minutes to celebrate the fact that they beat the volcano. And then Amy uh, get maybe on the phone with Mike. I don't remember exactly how she gets back. But um, it becomes very clear that the lava is flowing under the street and that it's going to surface. And it's coming directly to that hospital now. 
So the whole refugee camp is going to go up in flames. Yep, in 30 minutes or less. Yep, 30 minutes or less. For a while, we see the lava just destroying everything. It's getting closer and closer. People are trying to decide what to do about it. Uh, this is where we see Stan. They flash back to Stan long enough to just see him melt. <laughs> Um, Kelly is in the diner with the kids. They're like drawing with crayons and stuff. The doctor scene with her boyfriend is during this part. So like all these subplots that we've kind of talked about are starting to like come up to an end. We get a shot of, um, a sewer grate looking down and just lava flowing underneath it that looks like it's flowing faster than water now. Yeah. It's going so fast. (laughs) And um, so Kelly notices that one of the kids she's watching is missing. So she like goes like running around through. So they're not in just like a cafe. They're in the hard rock cafe. Yes. I forgot about that. (laughs) Like there's like branding everywhere for the hard rock cafe. Um, Yeah. So she's like running through the kitchen looking for him because he totally would have went to the kitchen probably. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, uh, during this time, Mike's now on scene and stuff, and Kelly's like, we've got to evacuate. Not Kelly. Uh... <laughs> Kelly takes charge of the situation, and she's like, listen here, Dad and geologist lady. We have to evacuate. <laughs> Amy, geologist Amy, is like, the love is coming straight here. We have to evacuate. And Mike's like, we don't have time to evacuate. And she's like, no, really, the love is coming right here. What are you going to do? And Mike's like... We're going to bring that building down. <laughs> but turns out his daughter is in that building. Yeah, so they get all of these people, like, putting, they call in all of the demolition crews throughout the entire city. And they get there, like, ridiculously fast. Yeah. Um. There's a big deal about, like, it's not just, like, the, like, normal ones, but it's, like, all the untrained demolitionists and people from the railroad and people from the fire department and whatever. We need all of them. Um, <laughs> And so they're setting charges in this building. This is the uh, apartment building that uh, the doctor was going to move into. And it's under construction. Uh, so um, it's supposed to be empty. And they thought they've evacuated it. But this is where the kid that Kelly's been looking after has wandered into. And now Kelly has found her way here. So... There's the time limit and the people are trying to set the charges, but it's not going fast enough. Um, and there's finally a scene where like one of the people setting the charges, like it's Something not working right for some reason. Um, oh yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. So they set the charge. It's taking him too long to set the charge. And then there's a earthquake that happens and like something falls on his leg. Um, and on the radios, the like chiefs are like, we've got to go now, 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 now. And they're going like, you know, team one, clear team two, clear team three, clear. And then we get to this guy and they have the moment of like, you've got to go without me. And he's like, I'm not leaving you behind. And now he's waited too long. So they both have to die. And And he looks sadly up the other guy and he's like, team seven, clear. (laughs) (laughs) and like we know they've sacrificed each other but just as they're about to explode things mike looks over at the building one last time and oh no kelly's there 
And so he has to, Tommy Lee Jones has to race the explosion to save his daughter and the little kid. And like the building's coming down on top of them. And he's jumping over the kids to like huddle them from the crashed building. (laughs) And so he makes it to them and like tackles them. But then the building falls on top of them. And it's like, did they live? Yeah. Um, and so geologist girl is looking at him like, oh no, did they live or not? Um, meanwhile, they've drug, they've dug a bunch of trenches that are going to take the lava out to the ocean. Um, and so the building comes down and there's this like moment of tension. Like, are the trenches going to work or not? Is the lava going to divert the flow like we need it to? And finally the building does. And it looks like mankind has succeeded against the volcano. <laughs> and this time it like really has. Um, and, and this there's is when the, they solve racism. Yep. Uh, but before that, uh, they're trying to find Mike and they're like digging through all the rubble of the building that came down. And eventually Mike's hand shoots up out of the rubble <laughs> like a zombie hand. <laughs> and it turns out all of them are okay. And yeah, so a black cop is now holding the little kid that Kelly was chasing. He's like four years old. Everyone's covered in ash. And the cop's like, well, why don't we go find your mom? And the kid says, oh, but everyone looks the same. And that's our bow tie on the racism thing. And then it starts to rain. And so all the ash starts getting washed off of them and stuff. Um. Emmett comes with Max and they reunite Max with the kids and Emmett's like, well, there's a bunch of follow up stuff that we need to do. Why can't we do that? And Mike's like, no, I'm on vacation. You handle it. (laughs) Yeah. So everyone's happy and it's just like. And there's a cute moment where like Mike's looking at his daughter and says like, well, you wanted to go to the Beverly Center. How was your visit? And it's supposed to be this like cute moment of like tying up the daddy daughter plot line but like i don't feel like that plot line ever went anywhere that's also just like a too soon joke like yeah i feel like they're both gonna have like ptsd and stuff like that but yeah yeah and then the last thing in this movie we get is like a um, from above view of the city, like it's like a helicopter, like slowly flying past a building and you see smoke rising in a plume, uh, from the other side of the building. And then it says name Mount Wilshire location, Los Angeles, California. And then you see the camera come over and there's actually like a, uh, small hill where the volcano is now in the middle of the city. And, uh you see status active but active is spelled out one letter Letter at a time time. very slowly (laughs) and then we cut to credits yeah so they totally like left it open for a sequel so what would you like to see in a sequel like i'm just imagining like um it would be like i guess like however many years it's been what's 1997 like 22 years later yeah like I would like to see a 2019 sequel. Like, like it's been 20 years, right? Mm-hmm. And now we're in the year 2019. Does it still have Tommy Lee Jones? Yet. Um, or is he like retired? Maybe. And He's probably retired. Taken over. Uh, it's probably Emmett. But so I have a really quick, like, 
this movie was obviously pre 9-11 and I have some notes about what I think this movie would look nowadays. <laughs> um, and nowadays, cause the theme of this movie really, when it comes down to it is mankind conquering the inferno of the volcano, right? Like it's really hard and they struggle, but at the end they have conquered the volcano. They dug trenches, they channeled it, they saved everyone. Mm-hmm. And that's not the story we'd get nowadays. I think nowadays we'd get this story. I think I'd pick it up from the point of view of the doctor because she's with the refugees. Right. And so you'd see her uh, probably get into her abusive relationship with her boyfriend a little bit more or just crappy relationship or whatever. Right. But you dig into that a bunch more. And then we'd see her as the volcano starts exploding and her on scene trying to save people. And then the rest of the movie would be following her, except everywhere she goes has to be evacuated again. So she gets to the hospital and they set up this refugee camp. But now the lava is coming for them. And like, it's not going to be able to get stopped. So like, you have to follow her. And it's not about conquering the inferno. It's about surviving the inferno. Because now we do survival stories and not conquering stories. Um, because you wouldn't be able to drop that building now. Yeah, that would, totally. That would never happen now. Um, so I don't know. I just, I thought it was, uh, interesting. I don't know. Is it, is it okay to drop buildings since Man of Steel came out and like all those buildings got knocked down? <laughs> I mean, I guess that didn't cause a huge controversy, I, at least not because really of the... People didn't like it, though. Yeah, that's like, fair. so many people died. Well, the yeah, Superman but I feel like that shit. was a Superman thing, not a we dropped buildings thing, right? Yeah. I feel that outcry wasn't against the buildings getting dropped, but about Superman being the one dropping all the buildings. Yeah, because he was totally punching people through buildings and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um... And they're like, Superman would have been better at protecting the civilians. Um, but when have superheroes ever been good at protecting civilians? Like, has anyone ever watched a superhero movie ever? <laughs> um, so, like, what did you think about this movie? Like, overall? Uh, I enjoyed it. Like, it was so funny. And I don't know if it was intentional. Like, parts of it had to be intentional. Like that whole joke with the uh, guys like moving the art from the museum, but then other parts with like uh, Stan jumping out of the train and throwing the guy and landing in lava. Like I feel like that wasn't supposed to be funny, but it was like the funniest was. thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I really liked it. I don't know if I would say it's a good movie, but it's a really fun movie. <laughs> I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, it was really fun for me to come back to it and be like, you know what? I totally understood why as watching this when I was 11 years old, it gave me nightmares for a decade. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that, I think that's funny that it gave you nightmares. Like, I'm sorry that you had nightmares, but just <laughs> yeah, like cool. watching it now, I'm just like, it's so funny though. <laughs> and it's not like really gory or anything. Like, even though you see tons of people on fire, I think you really only see like that one guy's like burned face. It was just just... fast-moving lava as the magma balls Mm -hmm. flying out of the sky. And that was enough to set my imagination ablaze, if you will. Yeah, and I mean, I guess just how it shows up out of nowhere. Like, you're like, that could happen in my city. (laughs) I have a random note that uh, it's from, like, 
near the end of the movie, like, this is totally stupid that I'm bringing this up, because it's, like, the shortest note, but, um, when they're trying to decide if they're gonna, like, evacuate people or not, like, lava shoots out of the ground in the hospital area, and a yeah. guy that's on, like, a, a, a guy with, like, a broken leg, his butt catches on fire, and he's just, like, with a cast, like, running away. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> I did not notice either you notice so many small details that i was just like i'm really absorbed in this movie every time someone catches on on fire like it was funny to me which is awful (laughs) i mean the fire special effects were not great um the lava special effects were worse (laughs) yeah i took a couple of screenshots like one i would call like the money shot of the movie it's uh where they have all of the fire trucks and like the wall like blocking off the lava and then the helicopters come in so you have like this you know like wide screen like shot of yeah. everything that's going on and it's all cgi and it all looks terrible <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is very uh clearly like very early cgi yeah um i love the lightning screenshot you took though that looks really good i love lightning <laughs> pictures so I do too. that made me happy like well, um, the interesting thing about that screenshot is so uh, that takes place when the volcano first shows up and there's like smoke and you get like lightning coming out of the volcano because that's actually a thing that happens. Yeah. But it's kind of weird because I think everything in that is CGI, like not just the smoke and the uh, yeah. lightning because there's like light poles and stuff and it all looks like a little bit like a drawing oh, you think or something. The light poles are CGI. Yeah. Okay, interesting. It could just be because it's so bright, it's like oversaturated. Maybe that's what makes it look fake. I'm not sure. Maybe. I don't know. That's interesting. I never would have uh, put that together, but that's really interesting. So, I don't know. Do you have anything else you want to talk about, or what do we do from this point? (laughs) Um, That's basically it. Do you have a... Did you pick a line that you would like to use as your like sign-off catchphrase? Oh, boy, I can't even do that on my own podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I only had one from this. Like, usually I have, like, so many choices. But this one, the only one I could find that would be, like, fitting as a sign-off is what to do when there's an earthquake. (laughs) Um, I think uh, my sign-off has got to be the toast. The Oh, my gosh, I can't even say it. The coast (laughs) is toast, everyone. (laughs) All right. So yeah, um, otherwise, all there is left is to like plug all your shows and stuff. Yeah, so I did a bunch of that early up. I have a actual Let's Play podcast that varies between being heavily edited and not edited at all, um, in which I occasionally play Final Fantasy XIV, which was the original inspiration. But now I uh, am doing a Pokemon uh dream team run which is similar to the nuzlocke challenge but different um that's available on all your different podcasting apps uh schoolboy banshee and schoolboy is the other one i have about dungeons and dragons and then my twitter is mute banshee d3 uh which if you want to follow me on twitter i'm pretty active talk about lots of different stuff so yeah, I'll put links to all that in the description. Awesome. Yeah. And so for me, I was on an episode of uh, Troy's podcast, 
uh, best animated shows ever so far. So like my episode, um, <laughs> it came out this week that this is releasing, and I made Troy and MC watch. <laughs> You're the one the that Legend made him watch. Yeah, <laughs> you are the worst. Well, like Troy had been playing a bunch of Legend of Zelda, so I was yeah. like. I was actually joking with him because he was doing three different, he was doing three different things. He was, uh, doing two podcasts about Legend of Zelda and streaming on Twitch about Legend of Zelda. And he was like plugging them in each one. And so it was like a crossover, like a three way crossover with himself. <laughs> All right. And I'm like, just make this a four way crossover. <laughs> yeah. No, um, I really liked listening to him talk about that. Um, I've been thinking about trying to figure out how to incorporate guests into my actual play podcast. I haven't figured out how that's going to work yet, but I kind of want to do that at some point. Um, that'd be cool. So at some point, uh, maybe I'll invite you on once I figure out what that looks like. Um, I'm finally mostly recovered from surgery. I had a small emergency yesterday, but it's fine. They just used a little bit of flu. Like, yeah, I fell and ripped some stitches um, out, and I was really worried that, like, they were going to have to, like, uh, open the whole thing and restitch it and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, but they're like, no, you're actually healing really well. Let's just put this glue stuff on you, and you can leave now. <laughs> Bye. That's good. <laughs> so I actually got to, like, go. Um, I'm feeling a lot better, right? Like, and stuff. So I actually got to go out and do things and stuff today, which was really nice. Mm-hmm. That's good because I noticed like a lot of your podcast episodes over the last week, you're like starting out, you're just like, I'm in so much pain. Yeah. So, uh, those like 10 episodes I did, um, I guess that's not 10, I guess it's probably seven episodes, maybe eight episodes I did are what I have been calling to myself, my surgery saga. <laughs> <laughs> Um, because it was just like, I was laying in bed and I needed to be doing something and I couldn't like sit down in a chair because that really hurt. So I couldn't like sit at my computer and do things. So I was like, I have my, uh, 2DS and I've got my phone to record. So let's do some podcasting. (laughs) And, uh, Anchor makes it really easy to just, uh, podcast really crap content whenever you want (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) i think it was the second episode you recorded um it was the first one like post surgery okay and you were like i'm on these drugs and i've never taken them before i don't feel (laughs) high but you totally sounded high because like i think the mic was like a little too close to you so you were like it was some, yeah and that like made it hilarious and then you're like <laughs> I, I you said so many like funny things in that episode i can't remember i thought i had found one that i'd put on troy's out of context podcast uh thing but that one was before surgery because you said i wonder if shower water counts as oh, drinking I did say that. <laughs> that was because i couldn't eat or drink for like um from midnight the night before my surgery right Mm -hmm. which i don't eat or drink that much all the time but for whatever reason like being unable to was really getting to me so i was super thirsty and i couldn't drink any water and i was in the shower just thinking like i could drink the shower water i bet shower water doesn't count as drinking (laughs) so then i shared that thought on my podcast later i was having a lot of anxiety 
around yeah. that. So I was using the pot as sort of as like, because I'd never had surgery before either. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like using the podcast to be like, yeah, I'm super kind of stressed about this. Here's some stuff about surgery you don't want to know that I'm going to share with you. And <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, you got anything else you want to add? Um, I mean, I also stream on... Uh, an almost daily basis, uh, not this week, obviously. Um, I stream a lot of Minecraft, a little bit of Stellaris and stuff, but my channel on Twitch is uh, twitch.tv slash mute banshee, and it would be cool if people wanted to do that. It would be even neater if they go to my channel and scroll beneath where I keep my videos at. Um, there's a link to my like streaming Discord and it would be cool if people joined that community because I'm trying to build that community into something cool. Cool. I will put links to all of that in the episode note things. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> um, so, this yeah. has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Yeah. It was great to have you. And um, yeah, you, if you enjoy this show, like go, you know, like give it a review on iTunes or whatever. And um, also you can follow it on Twitter at the number two the word young, the number four, and then this hit because I ran out of characters. <laughs> and also, let's see what else we got. Um, I think that's about it. Yeah. All right. Well, awesome. <laughs> Give them a review because reviews are important. Give yeah. all the podcasts you like good reviews. All right. Uh, well, this has been you, Banshee, signing off. That's my tagline. <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to do your other tagline? I mean, oh, yeah. And everyone... The coast is toast. (laughs) And uh, listeners, until next time, stick your head between your knees and kiss your ass goodbye. This has been a presentation of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Follow us on Twitter at Probably Work for more of our questionable content. Also, we have a website called ProbablyWork.com. Hey listeners, it's like 2am, I just finished editing the episode, but I needed to jump in here and give you one last plug. So, you might remember Bill a few episodes ago, Um, we watched that Final Fantasy movie together. Um, So he is actually doing this fundraiser for um, MNDA, which is the Motor Neuron Disease Association. And that starts next week. And so what it is, is it's called the... Final Fantasy VII Materia Lockdown. And if you like Final Seven, Final Fantasy Seven, yeah, and you want to help out, you should fucking do it, you cowards. I'm sorry about that, listeners. I'm just, I'm really tired. Um, but yeah, seriously, uh, if you like Final Fantasy Seven, plan to get it on the Switch next week, um, go check out um, at rpg years on twitter for more information i'm also going to link a youtube video down in the description that'll tell you everything you need to know about it basically if you want to play final fantasy 7 with a new little twist to it and you want to help um bill donate some money to an organization that's very important to aim check it out i'd really appreciate it thanks have a good one bye um Put your head between your knees and kiss your ass goodbye or whatever I said.